Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Pepperell, joined as always by my co-host, Marky D, Marky Davison. Marky D, how you doing? Don't do the clay pool. Come on, mate. Get with it. Get with the program. Oh, 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 my apologies. Was I celebrating before? I didn't even know that we're on. Oh. Yeah, you just wasted 20 seconds, just like clay pool. That's ridiculous. My... Oh, are you there, Mark? What's happening? I certainly am. I've uh, I've got the YouTube open as well, so I heard myself double. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> this is happening. You've got just as many wraps on yourself as Chase Claypool. How about? Oh that? no, no. Uh, that was ridiculous. I'm doing okay. Um, Look, we're going to talk about it because we have to, you know, in, in the in, – so I don't know what part of the segment you want to talk about it, uh, but just I'm doing very – Let's just go free-for-all. I think you and I, uh, there's a lot to get off everyone's chest. Okay. Just before I do, I want to give a, uh, the, the other big news, which is really, you know, it might have shocked you too, it shocked me. Um, the passing of Demarius Thomas has really just blown me away, um, yeah. you know, how that happened. I just want to bring up one little thing. It just uh, – you and I don't know the guy for Demarius Thomas being the Bronco – 2010, you know, um, the biggest thing that, that I kind of can't handle, and I, I maybe I'm not good with death and stuff like that. He was 33 years old. He's your age. He's, he's mine and your age. And I just don't, you know, we watched we watched the Steelers game. Um, it really it was really terrible. And then you, I found the news out like straight away, and you're just like, oh, that's that's not good. We should be growing old and gray, and we we should have these players with us that we've been watching when we're little. You know, when we're older and say, oh, he was a legend when, you know, I don't know. It just, it's sad. I don't, what, what do you think? It's sad. Yeah, and I think it's a name that we, we did hear a lot about because of where the Broncos were at at that time. And, uh, you know, and, and so, yeah, I think it's it's weird when you see that happen. He wasn't too old too, like 33. They said yeah. there was a seizure, medical condition. Um, you know, thank God that didn't happen on the field or anything like it. Who knows when we're talking about concussions and, um, you know, and what have you. So, you know, we'll see, you know, like in terms of you know, all the condolences and all the rest of it, but it's just a, yeah, it's just a sad situation. Yeah. It's, and it just, look, the, the age for me just gets me like you and I are the exact same age, um, so much life in front of us. And it's just too soon for, for anyone, for any NFL 
player, person around the world. It just and it was just shocking. Like this came out of nowhere, and you're like, that guy was a brilliant football player. And from a lot of people said he was actually a really nice person and really cool. Uh, and he burnt us on that one big TD. And you think back at it, the, the Broncos in that wildcard game went 80 yards in one play for an overtime win. Um, yeah, with respects to his family and, and rest in peace to, to Demaris Thomas, because that's it's another thing in the NFL that you and I follow so closely and so many other fans do. And it's like, oh my, like, what's what's going on? But uh, yeah, so I wanted to bring that up. 100%. No, and it's important to get that get that one out of the way as well. Uh, but, you know, we've got Portman in the live chat, Micah, Knight Rider, Ivor, Ryan, just me. Ryan's listening while he's driving, so just drive safe. But very, very glad to hear you, uh, um, you know, listening to our show live. That's awesome as always, Ryan. Darkstorm's there, who's sort of saying, are you kidding me about the playoffs? We'll get, we will get into that. Chad's there, as always, on the Facebook side. I think he's like the Facebook MVP at the moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, Clarence, no one you know. You know, so really, really good live chat coming on as well. We're going to have lots of time for questions, so get them ready, guys, because <laughs> it's always a race to the finish with some of these questions. But look, let's not beat around the bush on it. You know, as the title says, you know, I think it's Val Holler for Big Ben, you know, from the Hall of Fame, you know, whether it's this season, next season, whether he's leaving, whether he's not. I think you come into this game and you do what he did, bring them back, that spirit, uh, you know, great from Big Ben, but he can't do it all. And... I think, Mark, the game just left me. I'm not going to be a hater on it with the Steelers. But, you know, of course I'm not. I'm a passionate fan. You know, I dedicated a lot of time to week to this fandom and what have you. But as some of you on the live show are saying, I think to get to 500 this season will be, you know, that that's probably where we're sitting. Look, wouldn't surprise me if this teammate makes the run, but they just – they're just too short in the, on, in the defensive and offensive line. It's just obvious when you just – even the plays they make that are good, they're relying on, you know, Najee beating three blokes, Freeman taking a great catch, Deontay, you know, catching, you know, even though he's catching the ball, even though he's being fouled. Like, it, you know, it, it, it's not enough. And you can't you can't give a team, you know, a 23-point, you know, head start. Like, it's just not on. Well, then it went to 29. Yeah, went from went from twenty. But I mean, like that three quarters, right? <laughs> Through three quarters, they did nothing, right? And then they yeah. almost, you know, scored in that third quarter, and then it got to the twenty nine. But to me, like, <clears throat> they didn't do anything uh, until the Vikings have put up twenty three points. Well, it's it's been a current trend for the last few years. We just a slow starting offense, and now that our defense isn't good anymore, we we cannot we cannot stop the run. I don't know how. I don't, not too sure how many yards. Over five games, we've let on the ground. It must be around 800. It must be easy around 800 yards in five games. Um, we just cannot stop anything. We're not ready. And then we come back in the third, fourth quarter. I think we scored 42 points in the fourth quarter um, to almost like that game was going to almost could have been tied with the fry move uh, drop. Now, that was a great pass from Big Ben, a huge play. Um, Big Ben played pretty well, but. To get the whole game together and play four quarters, we're not doing it. We're just not around that. And I'm still very hopeful that we can pick it up, as always. Like, statistically, we still can. We're only two games back from the North. If the Ravens lose um, tomorrow and the Bengals lose, we're two games back and we still got to verse the Browns and Ravens in the division. And if the Bengals start to falter, we have a chance for the division and maybe a seventh. But it all starts with the Pittsburgh Steelers actually winning games, actually turning up. And you can't play in one quarter and then they're not for the four. They've got to play a full game. They haven't done it the whole year. Um, you know, errors from Ray Ray dropping the ball to 
Claypool, like we said, we'll talk about. Um, playing selfish football. You know, we had a massive drive from the start and Claypool goes ahead and, and, and puts his hand in the guy's face and says, hey, mate, how's it going? And you just can't do that. It just It's such selfish, stupid football. Um, even to a certain degree, I would say that Claypool got lucky when he fumbled because that was a fumble. Um, that was a fumble all day. And they reckon that his shin got down, um, you know. And then the last play, you're celebrating to do a, a tomahawk or a first down point, And you miss about probably 15, 20 seconds. And the yeah. worst part is you don't take responsibility of that play. He said the, the ref was coming over. Um, I was trying to get up. But, you know, I should have done better. I did this. So it's just selfish, mate. Um, and this but is the our thing, culture. Guys, the, the thing about him too is that, like, he's not DeAndre Hom- Hopkins. He's not Larry Fitzgerald in his prime. Like, he's good, right? You see that, like, the eight mm-hmm. out of nine for catches. You see that with the ninety-three yards and what have you. But mate, you haven't done it. Like, you're less than two years into your career. You haven't done it. Like, and and as well, don't. It, it's like what we talk about with the whole, you know, celebrating interception and that, you know, when you're down by points, you know, in the in the end zone and the rest of it, like. You got to, you know, I, I saw, I was watching a YouTube highlight. I just found someone random, you know, was talking about the Claypool bit and they played the clip. And the guy basically said, Claypool is an incredibly talented receiver. But, and this person said, he's got to be the most tone deaf player in the NFL. And it, it's hard to argue with it. It's really hard to argue with it. Like, I don't understand. Like, you know, and then you've got, on, on contrast, you've got someone like Deontay Johnson, who is the team's wideout number one. Was making an awesome, you know, step to the side, breaking a tackle to get out of bounds and give the Steelers another shot. Like the maturity difference, he needs to take a leaf out of that book. Like, and I've seen criticism in other shows around whether it's Iqiliad and what have you, but I, I, I cannot imagine Quapel doing it or this stuff or to this level and frequency that he's doing it if Daryl Drake's still around. Yeah, that's a very good point. There's just no maturity around being a player. And, and I, I bring it back to this point all the time. Uh, these fellas, NFL pros, you know, your age comes into it. But at the same time, if you got offered a big job in a, in a big company, you turn up and you wear that suit as clean and as sharp as you can. Yeah. Uh, this being the Pittsburgh Steeler uniform needs to be clean, sharp, respectful. And he's making too many errors, making way too many. Um, I think he's lead, he leads the league in most flags like for a receiver, like personal fouls, like eight. Um, I really, I like the idea that Mike Tomlin benched him for those few plays and got Washington involved. Um, I, I really think you've got to send a message because I'm at the point but where the like, problem wait, is, the problem is, and this is, uh, and I can only inject there with you, but like, I think you're, where you're going with this and I want to hear what you think about what Washington can do. But I think the problem, the real problem for, for Tomlin is that, he doesn't have enough talent in the wide receiver room to actually bench Claypool for the entire game. Like if Juju was around, he would have been benched a few games back. Mm. No, there's not. But also Claypool's giving us costly penalties and, and stupid things at stupid times. So 100%. no matter what, I would rather an average Ray Ray McLeod who's trying his hardest. Yes, he does some fumbles, but Ray Ray, he's not a number one, two, three. He's maybe a fourth kind of receiver. Drop Claypool for a game. Send a message to the guy and say, "Listen, mate, it's not all about you. This is the, this is a team game, okay? We don't follow the 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 Claypool Steelers." He even said, "Like I did my first down little thing. We don't care about that. 
what we care about is being being for the team. And then he yelled at um, he yelled at Trey Turner. And I did like one of my tweets. I don't t- tweet very much, but Jeffrey um, um, Hartman said, you know, uh, did a tweet. And I said that that Trey Turner should have gave Quaypool the stone cold stunner. The way that he reacted in that play after the play, having a hissy fit saying, mate, why did you come over and, and interrupt the ball? It feels like, you know, the whole world is against Claypool. But at the same time, if, if the whole world is against you, maybe it's you. Maybe it's not the world that's in trouble. Maybe it's you. Maybe maybe you have the problem and you go, hang on a minute. Well, how come he doesn't like me? How come she doesn't like me? How come this person, you know, thinks I'm an idiot? How come this, 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 right? Too many variables add up. And you've got to like self-reflect and go, it's not all about me. It's not about Claypool and, and my dream to be to be the, the best receiver and the best YouTuber. It feels like he's gone too fast into his career. You know what I'm saying? And you, you and I just talked talked off there about um, Pat McAfee landing that that million dollar deal. He was a player first. Yes, he was a bit of a looney tune, but got things together and then created his foundation. Claypool's trying to create his foundation and idea while playing the game, and he's not playing the game. In some, yes, he's very talented. He made some really good catches, but he's not playing the game. I don't know. It's just frustrating to watch. Very frustrating to watch a young player do some really silly things. And you don't need a waste clock at that time or, or celebrate first down. One, you're losing by eight and you're 40 yards out. What are you doing? Wake up. Well, and, and this is it. When you compare it to guys like Freemuth and Najee, like, you know, the maturity level is very, very different. I mean, that look, they say the male frontal lobe doesn't develop until you're 25. I can sit here and put my hand up and say that I fall well into that bracket. Yeah. <laughs> like 100%. And for some of us, and I, that starts developing then, you know, as for later on, you know, it still takes a few years for it to kick in. But that all being said, he's got to remember the history of this team. He's got to remember the and understand what guys like Cameron Haywood sacrifice, you know, day in and day out. And to me, it's just not good enough. Like, it is not about you. It is that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are worth several billion dollars as a franchise. Claypool's on a rookie contract. Mate, you don't stack up. There's, you know, 60 other guys out there that are more important on that field at that time. And and if, look, taking up what you, what you said there about dropping him, I mean, to me, it's like, leave him out of Kansas City, all right? Don't take him. Leave him at home, you know, and let him watch it all and be away from it. Or take him and make him watch what he's missing. You know, it's one thing if he, if he thinks such a good thing to be out in front of everyone and make the big plays, sit there and play watch that crowd go off and you don't get to be a part of it. But, you know, a lot of people are talking about Tomlin and losing the locker room. The thing is, is that it's a different day and age, right? Like mm-hmm. and, and KT Smith, our coach, um, you know, a resident coach within the, within the BTSC on Slack before he said about the way he has to communicate with players is very different to the way he had to communicate, you know, 20 years ago, kind of thing. The same thing you think about Ben, right? Ben, what Ben does and how he has to communicate with guys. And we had the music in the locker room situation a couple of weeks ago. Now, Tomlin is known as a player's coach. And I, I still think he's a great football mind. But the the thing is, is that he's got to let, he's got to let some things go, but he also needs leadership in that locker room to step up and help control the room. Tomlin is one man. I get that he's paid the big bucks. I get that he's the leader of the team. But it also comes down to the veterans. And the thing is, is that in any team, right, any team, regardless of their history, regardless of the great players they might have in the locker room or what have you, when you're not winning and not winning consistently or you're playing badly, 
people people arc up people act up people see you know any opportunity some for some people it's just their human nature where they mm. start to go off and they think about themselves and you know it, i think it would be very different if you know we're winning the games we had guys in the locker room and someone brought up earlier about to it and they would like to know what's going on with him and and i think you tend to agree because there's a lot of money being spent onto it. And I'm sitting here going, do we even bring him back next year? Like, mm. you know, the Steelers, do they need to move on from him? You know, whether it's a trade or a card or what have you. And I don't want to cut someone who's mourning the loss of their brother. But like at this point, you know, the gap on that line is just, and you can't fix it now. It had to be fixed in the first month of the season. Uh, but I just, it, it's, it's, it's interesting where this team is going because, you hear Ben and Ben was asked about Claypool and he said, well, I'm the quarterback. I'm not the coach. It's also like, it's not on top. Like the end of the day, when a team, like the coach can set a team up to win. If Tomlin was not setting his team up to win, they wouldn't have come back in this game and they wouldn't come back against the Chargers. That's not on Tomlin, right? The players have to execute. The players are out there missing tackles. The players are out there dropping catches. The players are out there, you know, missing blocks. The players are out there letting, you know, you talked about 800 yards. I looked it up while you were talking. 550 yards in three games. (laughs) If you look back at other seasons, that's like a third or half a season's worth of rush yards. Like not on, right? And so to me, you know, and then, you have other bright spots. Like I thought Akello Witherspoon stepped up this week and he's a player that apparently when he's feeling good can play really well. You didn't see him going, you know, nutto around the sidelines. I just, I think Claypool needs a good hard off season to look at himself. But what I would say is that he and, he and Juju are very different. It actually puts what Juju was doing last year mm. into perspective. Juju wasn't doing, you know, whilst he was having fun and doing things and people would rather than focused on the game. Juju's still a go-to for Ben. Juju doesn't make the mistakes that, you know, that Claypool's making. Juju doesn't taunt the way he, like, it's a different, it's less about a me thing and it's wanting to have fun. And, you know, that's just his personality. And you've seen that, that, that even now when, when he's been injured all off season. But if I'm sitting there the next season, I'm like, I'm, I need Juju back in this locker room rather than when Claypool right now. And Claypool needs someone to sort of help on, help him along and mentor him. But, for me, I'm like finding a way to get Heinz Ward in there, you know, in the off season and working with Claypool and mentoring him and, you know, getting him into the steel away because he's too good a talent for them to give up on him, but they've got to fix what's going up on up here. And you know where it all starts? And then, you know, everything you said there was pretty, was pretty much spot on, right? You know, and I don't think Tomlin has lost the locker room because at the end of the day, it comes down to the player, okay? It comes down to the player that, which is Claypool, and the onus is on you to get better and to not do stupid things. And right now, he's playing foolish football. Um, I think the other week as well, Claypool grabbed a helmet, like a face mask and got a penalty, um, doing things like that. He's a very, very, very talented receiver. And it feels like, you know, the whole the whole world right now is asking him just to wake up. And he, 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 he can either go two ways with this. He can say to the whole world, you know, oh, shut up. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not that bad. You're just, you're all, you're all crazy, right? Or he can be, you know, self-reflective, quiet, and take it all in and go, oh, maybe I did stuff up. And I, I don't expect Claypool to run around the locker room and, and, and you know, make up with everyone and say sorry. I don't think you need to say sorry or apologize to anyone. I do. I do. I, I actually, well, yeah, I actually, really. 
go into that locker room on Monday and you put your hand up and you say, guys, I'm, I made a mistake here. Like I've been in locker rooms, even in high school football, and you put your hand up after it. And if someone does something that's completely stupid or apparently gives something away and you're like, sorry, guys, like we were always taught like on the field, if you made a like, mistake okay. and you're costly penalty, you turn around to the team and you'd be like, it's obviously hard on the audio guys. They can't see it, but you sort of put your hand up and say, you know, I made a mistake there guys. And then you go out and you try and make a positive play. Like what? Like I don't understand. Like they're professionals. You, you, what, I, what I'm you're saying like, is, you're a man. You take responsibility. Exactly. What I'm saying is not make a big deal out of it. Like not make yeah. a massive deal and yeah. go around every single player and say I'm really sorry. Maybe it's just you know in some ways how men argue in the makeup. We just do it really short and quick. We go, oh, I stuffed up. You stuffed up. Let's move on. I just think you have to do something like that. You got to. You have to be. If you need to be a player for this, you know, go show on the field and and really. Don't celebrate for the rest of the year. Do not celebrate until until something is worthy. You know, the first down's fine. Everyone's got their signature thing right now. Even the Madden, they always have a you know certain signature play. It's like, oh, actually, here uh, Pedro says we need like a players meeting. That's a very great point. Maybe you do need a players meeting in some certain some some. I I one hundred percent agree. Hmm. But I mean, but the the thing is, is that. And so when I talk about the changing of, of the guard in a way, or you talk about this experience, they they need someone that's going to speak the language of a Claypool. They need someone that's going to sit there, stand there and go, mate, like we're not trying to come down on you and be draconian and rules and parents, but they need like, <laughs> but they need, but they do need someone that can speak his language because there is this difference in, I mean, there's a difference between, you know, Mark, you and I are in our early thirties. If you talk, if you and I talk to even a t- someone in, who's 27, 26, the way they use social media and the things they say are light years difference between us. It, it, like it, it's uncanny. And like, I don't know, I've been told I'm an old soul as well at times, but that what the way they view things, the way, you know, there's expectations and what have you, even in a three year difference is massive. And you think about a Claypool to a Haywood and a Ben, there's massive differences there. I went, uh, I went to a party, like, you know, not, not my first party a few years ago. I was going to say, you got invited to a party. Uh, you're not, not, the, not in these, you know, COVID times, but uh, it wasn't my first party. It was my first radio. Uh, I, went, I, went to, yeah, I went to a party um, about four years ago when I was working at the club at the, at the bar, right? And I was pretty, it was like, a, it was like I was 28 and these guys are 21, 22, 19. It was a bit similar to Big Ben in the locker room. There was a massive disconnect. Um, we just couldn't talk. Like I was trying to have a conversation about the Steelers. No, <laughs> no, they didn't care. No, I try to have a conversation about like normal things in life and maybe some weird things too. Um, the just didn't the, every every single person, guy and girl, was on their phone, and I didn't understand that because I, you and I, I, I we have the idea where we learned how to use the phone. It wasn't in our hand from when we were baby. So, um, you know, when I was there, every every single person I work with, even though they're my friends, they're on their phone. And it was just like, I didn't get it. I didn't understand that. Okay. I really, everyone was like filming. If I was doing stupid things, they filmed me. And I was like, why are you filming me? Like, what's the point? They would upload like it to, to social media. Oh, Mark did this. Mark did that. What we did when we were at parties, man, I know we can't go into it. It's not a 2am story, but the stupid things we did, we didn't film it. <laughs> Well, one hundred percent. We just did it, and then we just moved on. We didn't talk but, but about. You know what was you know about that world too, right? And and it correlates is that the legend would build, right? So someone would go to go to school or uni, whatever it was, and say, "Hey, this happened," and then someone would add a little bit to it, <laughs> and what have you, right? But the same in the NFL in a positive light. 
you make a play, right? Someone says, oh, did you see that Claypool play? How good was that? And someone said, yeah, and I saw him do this in this week. And you build your legend that way, right? Like, Claypool's not there yet. I wanted to bring up a comment, though. Bill Davis says, Mr. Tomlin is the coach. If they don't perform, you sit them down. It's on the coach. He's the power. I get it, and I understand the philosophy. But for me, and really for this in this, in this NFL situation, there's only so many players that they've got, right? Like, if Highsmith acts up and TJ Watts out with a groin injury, who are you going to put in there to pass rush the quarterback, right? The same thing with the wide receivers. They're really playing with four wide receivers at the moment. Like, I get it, and I'd love them to be able to do it. I just don't think they've got the talent nor the nor the players sitting there on the roster where, where Tomlin can even do this. You can tell yeah. Tomlin is frustrated. You watch oh, him yeah. in the post-game press conference this week. He was he was ready to run through like Cameron Haywood. Like he was yeah. not a happy camper. Like I, I think Coach Tomlin understands his limitations with his squad and he knows what he can get out of them. He just hopes that we can he can maybe get a few more wins. Um, but he does understand that with the depth we have on the defense and the, and the struggling struggling stuff we have with the, you know, the middle linebackers and, you know, some weeks the corner with Sutton and then the other week we have the killer Witherspoon getting two picks and coming back into the game. Um, this team is all over the shop. I still have hope and, and faith that we can get it better uh, with the four games to go. But we, it's so interesting because we, we had a really good game about the Ravens and you know, I haven't really talked about the Ravens yet. We didn't have a chance, right? Um, we came back and we sacked Lamar seven times. And you're going first, maybe a more mediocre Vikings team that's five and seven at their house. Oh, I think that Vikings team's better. Uh, I just think... I reckon, that, I reckon that Vikings team is a better team than the Ravens team. The Ravens got lucky against... Because this is good. This is good that we got a difference of opinion on this, right? But I think the Vikings only just got over Detroit, only just beat like a miracle to Chicago, <laughs> right? The Vikings beat the Green Bay Packers. Who put it on us? I, I the Vikings are a better team than. I'm uh, I'm just going to agree with you because I don't like to argue. You know, we can't have that. We can't <laughs> no, have let's that argue. I want to argue. <laughs> okay, look. The reason why I said mediocre is because mediocre Vikings. I just can't pick them in my weekly pickems. I, I could never pick the Vikings. <laughs> They're either fifty percent. They, they are probably the hardest team to pick in the last three years. Even Kirk yeah. Cousins' record shows that he's thirty-one and twenty-nine now. He's fifty-fifty. Um, for the Vikings, I just can't pick who they want to be. So that's why I said they're they're mediocre. You know, they have a good they have a good running game, but it's like, who? Which team's going to show up? And also on on that on that um Thursday night, right? Apparently, there's another stat out there that uh, the away team plays really bad, and they're about twenty percent wins. So that goes into it. But it kind of feels like for me on this last game, the Ravens and the Vikings, it kind of feels like it's one and a half. Maybe that 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 seg- segment is done. Because there was two games within four days. That little bit's done. We got we got a win. We got a loss. We caught, maybe caught even, move on. I don't know if you, if you feel the same, but we did get, like, beat up. We got, you know, done. But we well, played so, so I, well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good point you make there. There's one travesty, right? And people can come at me and disagree with me on this. But I was, when I watched the game back and I was picking through some of the some of the bits that are, you know, the game. In the third quarter, there was an absolute travesty. Minka Fitzpatrick getting called for that helmet hit. 
How if he gets called for that? How was the you know was it Humphrey that hit Mason in that Ravens game? He should have been ejected from the friggin' stadium. I was like sitting there tearing my hair out. Like you, I didn't think that you, was even a bad hit. He hit him like going up, and it wasn't even his helmet. Is like, that the one in the in, in the end zone? In the end zone. Yes. Yeah. It was okay. Absolutely ridiculous. It had me no. rolled up, and people can argue with me and say, you know, perhaps you know under the NFL rules, but I thought that was absolutely the softest flag ever. No, I've got a, I've got a, I I'm agree furious. with you too. Because when Minka did that play, right? Okay, this is why I find that the refs are so hard to to figure out. Okay, Minka did that play, and he got hit in the end zone. There's a flag, and they get a first down, right? Now the Fryermuth pass, and I'm not saying that this pass should have been a flag, but why do you flag Minka for the exact same hit? Not the bloke, not Harrison who hit it out, but the other Viking who came over and hit him in the in the, in the shoulders. It's the exact, it's the exact same hit from the 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 safety on the left-hand side of the TV that came in to hit Muth, not the other guy, Harrison. He made a great uh, great play with the, with the hit over. But the same play, as Mink came over, gave him the shoulder-to-shoulder, defenseless receiver. Wasn't Friar Muth defenseless in that act? Those two plays should have been null and void. If if Mink gets flagged, then the other guy gets flagged. You know what I mean? If, if, if exactly. There's no, flag, there's no, no consistency. Like, it's, it's terrible, mate. Makes me angry. <laughs> just... It, it, it's really, it's really hard to watch, and yeah. I don't know. I just feel this year the refs, it, like, you know, and and Bert brings it up and says we're sinking confident in the refs. We're not. I'm picking out one player. We said from the start of this show, we said clearly. Well, we understand the they're bad. We know. Yeah, like, like we the, the Steelers cannot give up a 29 point lead. The refs, no, the refs did not lose this game. But I'm just sick of seeing inconsistencies because these things build up, and it, it's just like I. To be fair, Mark, all this season, I've hardly said anything about the referees. That is, that is true. Right? I've held yeah, back and I've it, held yeah. back and I'm <laughs> at the end of my tether with it. I just, uh, it's like I'm done with it at this point in time. Like it's week 13 or whatever and week 14 and you you can't figure it out with consistency. Well, like, it doesn't I don't make know, sense. Like other sports, they have meetings with the refs. I, mean, I know the refs meet every week and whatever, but they have like little mid-season during some of the buys and what have you, like sort of mini conferences and they work out what the standard is. Like, you know, yeah, we're not, yeah, but we're not the exactly. only team dealing exactly. with the ref issues. But but I'm just making a point about one play. Like, that's why we have this show. We talk about things from the game. Like, But that, that's a good point, though, that, you know, we're not the only team dealing with refs. Exactly. The refs are horrible in every single game. It's the point. That's, that's exactly what we're trying to get at. It's, it's been so inconsistent throughout the whole league and the whole year. And it feels like they're controlling certain certain types, certain parts of the game. They they even missed a few times. Dan Moore Junior, uh, is it Dan Moore Junior? Oh, yeah, Dan Moore Junior. Yeah, he Dan was Moore doing Jr. um false starts. Okay, they missed a few things. They missed a delay a game. I swear I saw double zeros when, when yes, when yes. Okay, um, it's, it's both sides. And that fumble was a fumble in my opinion. His leg was knocked down. The refs are so uh, uh, are just so I don't know fixating this game too much, way too much, and it's just like how. But the Minka one, if you're going to flag Minka, you have to flag Muth. I mean, that play, you know what I'm saying? It just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it just, I don't know. I just, it just something that stood out to me and then no one's talking about it because of the Claypool thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's going to be really angry, right? Like, I kind of was more angry about that, to be honest. That was the Claypool thing. Claypool's I don't know why, like, just injustice. Claypool's like retweeting what you and I just said, this clip that's so he tries to get, the, you know, the dirt off him. Like... 
Yeah, it's it's uh it's been very very inconsistent, and that's a problem. And we're going to see it happen in the next four games. It, the, these penalties are uh, deciding games, and they're getting in the way. Um, but it doesn't take away from the poor, poor, poor performance that we played on defense. Um, but you know, we've got lots of more to talk about in the second part. But I I'm keen to get into talking about Big Ben and stuff like that too. Yeah, hundred percent. But with that, that wraps up as Mark said there, part one of this week's Steelers touch down under. Join us for part two. So if you're on the audio side, you'll need to flick over to that, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Anchor, I don't know what else we're on, <laughs> whether you might be listening live through the website article at behindthesteelcurtain.com. Uh, but join us for part two. We're going to talk Big Ben. We're going to talk what's what's in store for the rest of the season from this Steelers team and maybe even take some audience Q&A as well. Mm-hmm.